Welcome to Tech Talks, the technology podcast with David Savage and Jack Pierce, publishing on Mondays and Thursdays. This is the show packed full of interviews and debate with technology leaders for the love of tech. On today's show, we're talking to the co-founders of Koala. But before that, hello Jack and hello Sean. Hello. Always nice when it's not just us two, eh, Jack? Yeah, it is. It is. We do get sick of each other, don't we, do <laughs> Absolutely. Sean, you've been in Morocco. I have. How was that? Lovely. It was really good. Lots to see, lots to do, lots of lovely colours. Everything's so cheap. I feel like anybody that leaves London, though, the first thing they say about it is, oh, it's so cheap. Yeah. I think it's so cheap. Just because everything is so extortionate <laughs> here that you're just like amazed that you can get 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 something for... Uh... Get beer less than a fiver. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If that's the reason for going on a holiday to Morocco, you should have saved yourself some money and gone to like Burnley. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, go, go to a nice I romantic mean, weekend away in Stoke. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, there is something I want to ask. It was shot. very similar. Last time I saw you was after what was that at the event, and you took home a whole pizza for yes. your housemates. How well did that go I down? It all disappeared, obviously. Nice. Sorry, just for a wide fifteen seconds. Did you just say that Stoke is very similar to Morocco? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought a bit of sarcasm would uh, would go undetected. There, Stoke's well known for sure. its its meze markets. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's it's not. It's known for shit football and cheap beer. I think. Oh, what a shame! I like. I like. I actually have no reason to like Stoke, but I feel like I should like Stoke. There's no reason to dislike Stoke as a whole. You know what? If you the difference, great mint tea. Like if you don't want to go for anything else. We're talking about Morocco. If you're yeah? convinced by Stoke, but you're not sure about whether you want to go to Morocco or not, mint tea. Mint tea. You don't have that in Stoke. Fine. Right. Well, I've watched someone get in touch now and go, actually. At, <laughs> yeah, at, classic southern ignorance with Dave yeah. Jack yet again. This <laughs> is fresh, not from the tea bag, not Tetley's. <laughs> fresh, minty. Nice. Do you know do you know where else is closer to Morocco than uh, than Stoke? Weird. Weird sentence, but no, where? Spain! Oh guess yeah, what's been going so on in Spain close. this week? I know what's been going on in Spain this week. It's been the Mobile World Conference and Congress. Whatever. MWC, MWC. Do you remember when MWC was like a big thing? I kind of feel like it's not a big thing so much. No, when was it a big thing? Because I don't remember. Uh, what Dave's, do I know? Dave is significantly ten, older than us. So. Ten years ago, oh, aside oh. from Apple. Okay, so when I was 12. Used... Do you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> when, I, when I was doing my GCSEs. Look, I was working, all right? Yeah, you were, yeah. But it used to be the place where there were big announcements made and obviously never Apple but you know yeah. new heart, new handsets will be released etc but in fairness whilst most of the stuff at MWC is not very exciting phone batteries 5G next generation on 5G yep uh, you know folded uh, phones wait a phone case that adds another screen oh, that's something shit, that's, that's been cool. written on. a phone on your wrist None of this oh, stuff is particularly it's new. It's a watch, isn't it? Yeah. It's an Apple watch, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, fold, foldable phones. Excited? Not excited, Sean. You're, you're the tech journalist oh, in the room. Why? Tell her why. Tell her, we talked about it. Tell her why. Well, we have our, we have our thoughts. Like, like yeah. what's, the, what's the point? <laughs> that, that's an interesting view. Very good question. Yeah. But I, yeah. I mean, I, I, can see, I can see the relevance of having a phone that's also a tablet. But not at the price point that it is right now. Are you ready for one of the best links ever into the show? Go on. 
folded phones would be great if you go on a holiday and travel it because when you're traveling you can open them up into a bigger screen so you might want a tablet because you might want to watch a film because BA have a frankly limited variety of, of, of films you can just watch their like little introduction clip over and over again with celebs in front of I like the Olivia yeah. Colman one no, I do like yeah, it yeah, there yeah. We go. anyway we're talking about travel we're talking about travel experiences we're talking about solo travel with Koala uh, stay tuned, Sean, Jack and I will be having a chat about it and then we'll also have an article later on in the show but I'm going to hand you over to Stuart and Quay. So we're talking to Koala, uh, the two co-founders, Stuart and Huey. Uh Welcome Hello. to the show. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I took, I took particular <laughs> note of how Stuart pronounced your name. was like, yes. Oh, yeah, but I don't even pronounce it right with my accent. So. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. It's only been a year and a half straight. Oh, so. I guess being Irish, that might have been a bit of an issue, right? Growing up, people just getting your name horribly wrong. Oh, or? that's fine. I've had all sorts of that. Huey, uh, who? Um, that's just for yeah. me. It's just, I've had all sorts. I'm used to it. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, we got over that hurdle. Um, what is koala? Oh, God. Good question. <laughs> okay. Koala is a travel tech startup. Um, actually, on, I think in one sentence, what I say is we bring people together right. from all over the world and show them a good time. Yeah. That's how I would put it, really simply. Um, yeah, we organise small group trips um, around Europe as well as London-based experiences for uh, solo travellers, mm-hmm. mainly young professionals. Um, so I guess our target audience are, you know, people working in the city, like people working tech, um, startups, creatives. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of, kind of what we do. And there is a growing trend of solo travellers, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, we're, um, we want to make solo travel cool as well. Um, I think it's a trend in the market. We're very unique in what we provide, and we use technology to get these people, bring these people on board and connect. I mean, it might be as simple as, is it just because people are settling down later in life and therefore they kind of hit their late 20s and they're still like, Christ, who do I go on a holiday with? (laughs) I think it's a mixture, to be honest. I... I personally think it's a really good way to travel. I think when you travel with, you know, a big group of friends or with your family, I'm sure you have a good time, but you kind of feel like you have to do the things other people want to do. You know, personally, I've been on holidays before where I go up with a big bunch of party girls, and no offense to my friends, um, but you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the type would stay out till six, seven a.m. And then yeah, yeah. you know, you feel left out if you don't go, and then then there's things I want to do, and. So I think I think there's definitely a big gap in the market in terms of people want to do the things that they want to do, but at the same time they don't want to say oh, I'm going away by myself because that sounds a bit sad <laughs> in today's society for some reason. Even yeah, though it's, 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 it shouldn't be, yeah. you know, it's a stigma. I suppose it's a bit like online dating, right? You kind of up until about five years ago that had that stigma and it's beginning to break down. Well, for me, that that's what I believe. Um, we can provide better trips, more unique trips experiences um, than you can do yourself and that stigma of three four years ago when people didn't want to talk about how they met someone on the yeah. map people yeah, yeah. at the minute are still kind of like that with solo travel oh yeah I met, um, I met my wife on yeah. match and even on our wedding day she was like oh god we've got to talk about that yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but now it's so common to be like oh we met on Tinder we met on Bumble it's mm. it's how people meet and yeah, we yeah, kind of yeah. we believe it's the same trend in travel um, why book it yourself and overpay and use those lazy marketplaces when we can kind of rent out private islands and ski chalets and bring you on yeah. a trip and it's actually cheaper with yeah, people yeah. you like 
You're renting out a private island and not mis-selling it on like fire. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that, that documentary did make me rethink something. So. <laughs> Look, I mean, what's the tech angle? Because there's, there's one thing kind of just bringing people together. Yep. Um, I worked in a, in a hotel in France 15 years ago that kind of brought celiacs together in small groups. And oh, there was really? no tech involved in that. No way. But it, so it'd be good to understand how tech's kind of helping you do this in a way that's slightly different to what's been done before. Yeah, 100%. So I think um, going forward, we do want to have a fully automated system. So I guess what, what, what we have in mind is kind of matching people based on their common interests, personality. So mm-hmm. there's actually a lot to it. Um, but I guess at the starting point, what we have is we're using like hashtags, hashtags people like, or even travel photos that people like, because I think sometimes people think they like something, but as a matter of fact, they like something else. I think Instagram's a really good example, for example. Yeah. Um, you might think you're really into, I don't know, like beer, but you might like pictures with like, I don't know, like wine or other cocktails. So we're, like, we're using a mixture of um, facial concept as well as kind of keywords to match people together and obviously that algorithm can be refined with time and then there's also I guess the personalization element of it and when we I kind of want to say collect data that sounds a bit kind of yeah when we can try to figure out what people like and then help them to kind of recommend trips and experiences that we think that they will love I mean how successful is that because um and I, I asked that harking back to that experience when I used to work mm. in this hotel in France the, the maximum amount of guests we ever had on a weekly basis was was 14 right, right. So small groups and it was uh for celiac sufferers long before gluten-free was in all the shops. Yeah. And France is still a nightmare <laughs> now, never mind 15 years ago. But it got to the point where the guys who, run, who ran the holidays, anytime someone from Yorkshire called up, they would say that we're fully booked because they had so many times when with a small group, someone from Yorkshire would come and just spend the entire week telling everyone that, oh, it was very nice, but it's not as good as Yorkshire. It's like, <laughs> really? why the hell are you on holiday? Yeah. And it would just yes. disrupt the dynamic of the group. So I guess for you, Getting that algorithm right, getting the matching right, getting the group dynamic right is everything, right? But I, I so I guess I've worked in tech, that's my background mm. for um, over seven years. I kind of fully believe in kind of increment changes. I think you're right, it's really hard to get all of that right in one go. And yeah. I'm not saying we are, but I guess that's where the human elements to it, for the trips and experiences we're personally hosting yeah. them. So we, you know, we observe things where, let's say, data can't tell us, and we constantly feedback to each other what kind of group dynamic worked well what didn't what can we do to improve it so I think there will be a lot of human elements to it and I think it'll be a combination of what we observe as well as the data we collect Um, so I think yeah as a starting point that's kind of how we do it combining everything together and then try to figure out what works but for me two things with that we create a proposition that attracts a certain type of person. So it's very cool branding, the trip's very unique, you know, you know what you do. Um, so that attracts one, the right, I don't want to say right type of people because everyone's welcome, but the people that are coming on our trips, um, very much on the weather there and what they're getting. And then on top of that, if, if anyone's difficult or it's usually an insecurity, it's usually yeah. a lot of people come away with us maybe because their friends have let them down or they're feeling right, a bit lonely. I think that's what we're very good at, recognising that and building those relationships. You know, we've, we've done this a lot. We've went on holidays, we've sold travel, travel yeah. mates, we've done everything. So, uh, you know, we were in Lisbon there last week and on the first night compared to the last night, 
it's completely different group dynamics. Yeah, of course. But it's our job to manage that yeah. on the human level. But our delivery system through the tech we use and through recommending and, you know, just just showing people the information, like we have a lot of content, for example, that usually acts as a barrier to get the right people first being interested in the trip. So we don't find usually that dynamic of difficult characters is too much of a problem. Seven trips in. Well, you mentioned your background, obviously, is tech. Yes. You've both been, I mean, everyone's been on holidays, but you've both been away <laughs> on trips with friends. Yeah. Never been on holiday before you arrived. Like, <laughs> that's very comfortable. Great experience. Travel, I yeah. know. <laughs> but what is the origin behind behind Koala? Why, why did you guys come together and look at this market, you know, look at travel as something that you could disrupt? Yeah, well, to be honest, I've never actually thought about starting my own business, like, ever. I was very kind of settled in my little IT world. Um, I was a, an automation engineer. That's my background. And I worked for some great companies, actually. I worked for um, John Lewis, Right to Move, and Netaporter, some great companies. Mm. Um, brand yeah, news. Brand <laughs> brand <laughs> news. Um, yeah, I mean, just I, as people do in their 20s, had a bit of a difficulty in my personal life, should we say. And I wanted to take a sabbatical to go traveling. And then I got told no, <laughs> I, I can't take a sabbatical. And uh, so I decided to quit my job. As yeah. a lot of people do these days in their 20s. Um, and yeah, so I really wanted to go traveling. I was actually looking for people to travel with. And none of my friends could travel with me due to, you know, finance or time, yeah. understandably. So I looked into, you know, meetups, Facebook groups, um, all these other channels to find people to travel with. That was quite unsuccessful. Got a lot of creepy Indian men messaging me. So it was like, well... On that, I'm gonna go away by myself. Disclaimer: <laughs> All the races are creepy too. Not yeah, it's not just, not just <laughs> no, no, not just saying just Indians. Thank you, pardon. Um, but yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was what happened to me personally. Yeah. Um, so it's like, well, I'm, I'm gonna go traveling by myself. I've never done it before, so I'm not sure how it's gonna happen. And then, you know, there was kind of a back and forth between myself, and I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to go to Australia to see koalas, so I'm going to make this happen. And that was that, I guess, defining moment that I booked my flight, went to Australia, not really having a plan, and that was that. It's a good thing you didn't really want to go see Komodo dragons. Mm. Well, yes. yes. (laughs) That would be in the Brownian. But yeah, so after, I guess, when I was traveling, I had a lot of thoughts about this kind of gap in the market and then yeah, yeah. when I came back I really focus on making I guess idea happen so um, I designed this app um, which I thought was wonderful didn't mean anything about business and I was like right I've got this great app now what should I do with it and then I joined this co-working space um, called Launch 22 uh, where I met Stuart who was my business mentor and then he was like well this is good design so uh, how is this going to work business wise? I think I tore the shreds first I, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, just that was a, a tough bit. mentor yeah. yeah tough mentor and I guess that's how it all really happened um, so. But you two are from not too far apart, funnily enough. Yeah, funnily we, we grew up a mile apart, would you believe? Uh, but never met each other uh, back in Northern Ireland yeah. um, in Newton Abbey. And um, yeah, kind of had a bit of feel fate about it. The co-working space launch 22 has some Northern Irish involvement in it. And yeah, we worked together and had the mentor relationship for nearly a year. Yeah. You know, so we yeah. built it up together and naturally and... I think a lot of cool founders don't get that. I was running a streetwear marketplace in the fashion industry. So, um, yeah, and then it just, demand was taken off and we said, you know what, it feels right. And yeah, I think there's an inherent trust because where we're from and growing up so close to each other and uh, 
you know we could build that strong relationship and uh, we're very complimentary I'm not tech um, yeah you are yeah sometimes <laughs> so uh, yeah we bounce off each other well so yeah it felt right and we just kind of it was last August, really. We took it full time and yeah. said, let's, let's, let's do this. Yeah. You're both Northern Irish. Yeah. Why, well, why, base, why base yourselves in, in London out of interest? Is it just it's an easy <laughs> place to connect to other places? Or? The ecosystem in Northern Ireland is great at yeah. the minute. Uh, very good talent coming through, and we've had a lot recently. I personally, London's my home now. I've lived here six years. You're, yeah, you're I've lived here in your late eight years now. Um, but yeah, I would be lying if we didn't say we plans for Northern Ireland. And we want to, you know, Northern Ireland has the smartest ecosystem of talent at the lowest price, mm. essentially, um, which doesn't make sense. But A level results, you said, results were the best in the yeah. United Kingdom, which is why we have a lot of consultants, which was my background originally as well. So mm. yeah, Northern Ireland as a ecosystem for startups is great. But right now, for what we're building, uh, we know London as a cosmopolitan tourist country is our home. You know, yeah. city is our home essentially, and it's it's genuinely the best city in the world for our business. You mentioned earlier on about marketplaces. Every single, well, the vast majority of tech offerings in in the travel space so far that I've noticed seem to be kind of ecosystem marketplace. Call it what you will. Kind of travel. Focus. It comes to kind of booking flights, or it comes to booking accommodation, or it comes to those kind yeah. of pieces. Less experience focused. Yeah. Why is that, that? That so few companies have tried to tackle this space. So I think it's a little lazy, to be honest. But a little bit of laziness. But um, yeah, I think with travel, it hasn't been approached properly, and especially from a tech point of view. Um, there's some great travel companies out there doing good things, but you'll find <laughs> most travel companies have paid someone else to build it. They haven't tried to build a tech company, so. Um, we very much came in it with a tech point of view, looking at the industry and how we could then adapt and change. So we never planned, for example, on providing experiences. We never planned on that, but there's just such a gap in the market for people in their 20s and 30s that want to do something fun in a new city. Um, the TripAdvisor culture, as I like to call it, is kind of ruins uh, the ecosystem for young people. Um, so yeah, the... Um, the marketplace model I think could be a bit you know if I see a flight on Skyscanner which I love we, we work with Skyscanner um, nine times out of ten you're going to go and check the airline you know sort of take Skyscanner out of it so mm. I think that marketplace model is good for finding information but not actually keeping people booking in the ecosystem um, that's my belief and you see a lot of these big companies struggling and spending money on expensive stores and websites that I don't think makes sense. Um, so we're trying to come at it from a lean, let's start from scratch point of view. So you've done seven trips so far. Last yes. one was Lisbon. Yep. That's right. What's what's in the works? What's in the works? So uh, next one, we're going skiing. We're going right. to the Alps. Yes, we've rented a, a luxury chalet for a week uh, with heated pool and steam room. Um, and yeah, we're basically just designing trips that we like. I think that's what you know we say to the team yeah. and ourselves. I think you know, think of a really good holiday that you want to go to with the kind of people you want to go with, and then just work around that really. Yeah. So yeah, going skiing for yeah. a week. I've done I've done a lot of ski trips in the past whether it's group tours or rugby tours or whatever. It's 500 people crammed in a three-star hotel, Fords or Rudin. Um, so we're kind of coming at it from a different angle of, if we cut out the middleman and 
contact them directly. That's our business model. <laughs> we can get luxury that you can't get by yourself. So, you know, it's a chalet, we'll wrap around balconies, it's got a swimming pool on site, yeah. it's got ski on site, ski in, yeah. ski out. Just those little touches. It's the same with our city breaks where, you know, we went to Lisbon, but we didn't stay in a three-star hotel. We rented out an apartment block with a brand yeah. courtyard. So we're kind of, that's what we mean when we say unique trips and locations. It's not going to be, you know, three trips to a pretty standard uh, city break location yeah. around the world that everyone already knows. Um, we kind of, we want it to feel unique so that even if you're also a traveler, you want to come on our trip. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we, we want to do a food tour. So we go to Slovenia instead of going to Italy. You know, right. that's a trip yes. in the pipeline. We we want to do a party tour. So, okay, we rent an island out and go to an island off Croatia instead of just going to you know, beachside villa. Um, and it, honestly, it's no more expensive or anything like that. We're just trying to be a little smarter in our approach because we genuinely love and respect our customers. I don't think a lot of people get that. Yeah, we 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 honestly don't. Shouldn't say this. We don't care too much about making money out of the customers. We're very focused on providing a great service for them, building a community. Anything that they need, we can dip into, and we firmly believe that obviously the revenue and the startup comes out of that. Um, we are genuinely doing this for a passion. I suppose if someone wants to get a flavour for it, they can go to the koala gram. Well, <laughs> we know. I think a lot of the feedbacks we do get from um, customers, and we do have some very loyal customers. Mm. You know, um, got customers who's been on three of our trips, and then the one who's been on two of our trips, and coming on the third one, skiing trip. Um, and one of the feedback here is it's a great way to meet people, and also you get to stay in, like Sir said, really unique accommodation where you can't really go and stay by yourself. You know, and so yeah, I, I guess proof and the pudding is in the eating is that yeah that, people coming say? back people actually gives back. me a real kick yeah. Does, yeah instead of getting new customers for people uh to do that many trips and do them repeat because we do a trip nearly every four to six weeks yeah. and they're yeah. spending their money and coming with us yeah, yeah yeah and we genuinely look at these people like you know friends of the company and can't do enough to keep them you know? no i can believe yeah. that from as i said that experience a few, a few years ago i can believe that yeah. No, really, yeah. And also, I think what what's really important is the the kind of I'm really intrigued to find out why they want to come on trips with us. And I mean, like you said, there are so many travel kind of providers out there. And you know, I, I can I think one of the reasons yes because people feel really lonely and they they want to meet people and they feel somehow comfortable being on a quiet trip and. Because they know that, you know, well, Stuart's charming and yeah. my, my jokes are funny. I think they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> they come away Stuart, from I know Stuart hasn't said anything. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we provide that family feel. We call them cloud family, actually, our newsletters. Yeah. And, you know, it's not something that you get that often that, you know, it's almost yeah. the empathy we feel for the customer. Because I, I personally been there and done that. I know what it's like to, you know, not having friends to do things with you or travel with you when I have the time or the morning at the time. And, mm. you know, it's just nice when, when, when you're being hurt because I think people just want to share stories with someone or go for a glass of wine with someone. And unfortunately nowadays, despite the fact that we've got our technology out there, it's actually a really lonely world, especially mm. a big city like London, I would say. So, you know, I'd like to think we're curing loneliness. That's effectively what we're doing well look I think that's a lovely message to end on uh, thank you for, for both of you for giving up some time oh, thanks very much um, and good luck with the next trip thank Cheers, you very thanks much thanks. thanks have you ever gone on, a, on an experiences holiday 
as so on the holiday I went on an experience yeah so as in like I already had the tickets booked to Morocco I already flew to Morocco um but me and my friend had never been before and we kind of asked for advice and stuff for where to go um but while we were there we were like yeah it'd be really nice to go and see the desert um so we were looking around and there was a three-day tour where you could um you know go and see some villages in morocco and stuff and it ends in the desert uh great but it's like so they're a good thing they're good for when you don't know what you're doing mm. and and you need some kind of guidance um but it was just it was a bit naff you know you'd like the places that we ate were all the same so obviously just their mates that had the restaurants open ate the same thing especially as a vegetarian i ate so much damn couscous and vegetable tagine like it was lovely but by the third day i was, I was just losing I, I i get that experiences could yeah. be awful yeah but they equally could be brilliant and i yeah. i kind i kind yeah. of think that they are the solution for our plugged in lots and lots of information age where yeah. let's be perfectly frank when you go to a new place and you kind of go I don't know, you almost want a choice of five places. Yeah. Five right. recommended places. You go on, on TripAdvisor, it gives you thousands. Yeah. And there's so much shit on there. You don't know what to believe or what not to believe. Yeah. So the idea that there's this guiding hand going, this is what we're going to do. These are really cool things. Leave it to us. When you get so much thrown at you now, that's really quite appealing. Yeah. No, it, I agree. Definitely. I was just going to say, Sean kind of nailed it with her description of your experience in Morocco. You know, very much, if you're not doing it with a, with a koala, you go out there and it's it's old matey's best friend's restaurant that you get recommended. It's his cousin's brother's coach trip you go on. And it's his auntie's camel that you end up sitting on. It's very closed off experiences when you're actually on holiday. I found that in Croatia. Um, whereas what, what Stuart and Maya are doing from koala is... It's a holiday, but it's, it, the whole thing's the experience, right? Yeah. It's not just four till five, we're going to do X and Y. It's like the whole thing's the experience. And yeah. I mean, we've met Stuart and Flo from Koala a few times now. And, I mean, they're lovely people. And um, what, what surprised me most about this is... Sorry, just to explain, Flo uh, is Flo Higgs, their marketing manager. Yes, yes. And what impressed me and surprised me most about this interview is that you managed to keep Stuart uh, reigned. For 18 minutes. Stuart's one of the most unhinged, hilarious people I've ever met. <laughs> and he keeps within the confines of the interview. I just thought at some point, he's going to just tell you to fuck off. Like, knowing Stuart. <laughs> he did He did confess to me before I hit record that he just likes winding us up. When yes. He just, yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> nice. yeah. And he's good at it as well. I think, I think though, the reason that Koala works, and we've seen this again and again in, in people we've had on the show, is that Huey built this platform not as a oh, this would be a good idea for a business, but because she was travelling on her own and there wasn't anything that met her needs, she was yeah. trying to fix her own solution. And if I think back to something like a linguist that was on the show years ago, what were you going to say? Oh, because it, like, the story is, like the, the stigma behind travelling alone um, was was the issue, and that's how they got to this series. I thought you were going to say, and when I was trying to figure out my own solution, you know, like finding a wife, <laughs> that was the same stigma thing. I thought you were going like you no, very no, no, no. much like had a solution to find Haley. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I was going to say <laughs> years ago on the podcast, uh, really quite early on, we had a company called Lingvis on the show, uh, and that was a language um, acquisition app, uh, basically 
built by a guy who was an American rocket scientist who got a job at CERN and was like, shit, I can't speak French. So he built an algorithm to teach him French. And nice. that was like a business. And it's, nice. it's that idea good. again yeah. and again. It's like, I have a problem, let's build something. And then someone like a Stuart comes along and goes, hey, what you got here is scalable. It's a great yeah. idea. And yeah. before you know it, without meaning to, you've got a business and it works because it's got that pure... Oh, sorry, that it's got that purity at the heart of its of its original goal. Yeah, and it's so important because it's what I, it's what I've been thinking lately. Actually, there's so many startups. There's so many startups, especially yeah, in London. <laughs> like, especially in London, you know, it's a really popular uh, tech ecosystem now. Uh, it's getting so much funding from VCs in Europe and everything. And I think it's great that people have all this opportunity to open, to start startups, and the power is being taken away from you know, um, so we don't have monopoly of huge companies. Uh, like Apple and stuff like that but there are ju I just fear that there's just people that are starting startups for the sake of wanting to be an entrepreneur oh, yeah. oh, yeah. rather than just want rather than just having a passion or a you know like you were saying having this personal need to fill something that they they didn't have before and that I think is the thing that kind of separates the ones that the ones that don't go anywhere and the ones that do. To to follow on exactly in that same vein, um, they said towards the end of the interview, you know, Koala genuinely love and respect their customers. Right now, they're not even bothered about making money. They just want the experience to be good, the service to be great, and to build the community. You know, if that's your mission statement as a, as a, as a startup that's less than two years old, right? Then I think that's a good blueprint for success. Obviously. It's easy to say we don't care about the money and then make money at the same time. I'm sure if they weren't making any money, it might be slightly different. Yeah. But it's a great place to start from. And it's clear that Huey and Stuart are both very passionate about traveling yeah. uh, yeah. and that people will follow them into that. Yeah. Um, but there's a, an amazing point that I almost stopped little because it's right at the end. Uh, they're curing loneliness. People that want to go travel alone, yeah. Yeah. it could be... Yeah. You know, that's yeah. massive for, for mental health and well-being. Yeah, yeah if, you th if you're thinking about the roots, what's behind all of this, yeah. it's using tech to bring people together. Yeah, Which, yes. is, a, which yeah. is a really yeah. lovely notion. No, it is, it is lovely. And that was the thing with doing the, the kind of book thing while we were there, is you get to meet people and there's people that have gone on these things by themselves. And that is the simple... This, the simple essence of it like it, it's nice to be able to do that because some people have the confidence to travel by themselves and some people don't and you know I there's some place I'd love to go but there is something that stopped me it's, yeah. you know that fear of especially if I'm going to a place where I don't know the language I don't want to be that British tourist that doesn't know what's going on uh, I mean I you know hate to say it but like being a woman as well it's like some place I wouldn't want to feel like I'm being especially vulnerable stuff like that but it's good that it's, you know these are so that people don't have to be held back by that where they don't have, especially, you know, people don't have any money. You can't just bring your friends along to everything these days. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> your friends don't have money at the same time. They don't have time at the same time as you. And it's hard, uh, even at my age. So you're saying, you know, like when, when you're in your later 20s or your 30s or whatever, and people are married off and everything. Why is she looking at us? Totally. <laughs> Totally are the older people in the room. <laughs> uh, much older, no. But yeah, like, it's, it's definitely older. the same kind of thing. But even for younger people, you know, like it's it's getting getting someone that has the same uh, ideals, like, like desires and everything as you, uh, it's difficult. So this is filling a, a really, yeah, this is definitely filling a gap in the market.
it's clear when you meet them that there's a really great chemistry between the two of them. But why should it matter that they are from just a mile apart? I think that dynamic's really interesting because we were having a quick chat, Jack, in the office before we hit record. And it's like, you know, if I met someone tomorrow who's also from Colchester, in your yeah, case, you wouldn't yeah. be like, let's start a business together. How important do you think it is that they're both in London and Northern Irish, that kind of bit of distance that all of a sudden gives you that little nugget to spark a relationship from that back home probably wouldn't matter one bit. Well, our best friendships are formed off of references and nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Like every good friendship you've got is, do you remember old Mr. Patel in the corner shop who used to give us an extra five piece sweet for his spend a quick? It's things like that that you remember. And you know, their first conversation together, I've got no idea what it was about. No, Stuart probably was someone quite appropriate. But it was probably like, do you remember X, Y, and Z from X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z? And then you immediately see yourself in that other person. And it's it's brilliant. I just don't agree with you in the sense that if I saw someone else from Colchester on a holiday, I would avoid them. I think when you're on the other side of the world and you find out that even there's another British person, you yeah, immediately yeah. find it easier to talk to them yeah. than oh, yeah. you would normally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the differences that you have are slightly overlooked. I'm, I'm not saying that it's a blueprint for founders to be like, you know what, we want to start a business, let's go to Vietnam and wait until we bump into an English person to start yeah. it with. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But it is interesting that they've got that chemistry and obviously yeah. it's fast-tracked and it's interesting that you point out that it's the shared reference point mm. yeah. and that, that obviously has really helped them yeah. in their well, blueprint for building. Well, it just goes back to being, you know, to comfort, doesn't it? It's like... Mm. Yeah. You don't have, like, it's you, you have no kind of cultural differences or, like, upbringing differences, all of this. You kind of have similar uh, environments that you've been brought up in. Um, so you have, like you said, that reference points to start with. Uh, and also you can, re- yeah, like you said, you can relate on certain things. So it's, it's like, but it's also being someone that's moved from Ireland to London, say, or even, you know, you've moved from the North Dave, I've moved from Midlands. Um, it means that when you meet people that have come from Jack's where you're from, from, you're like, Essex. you can't just relate. <laughs> yeah. Not far. So far. Not far. It's really takes, branched out. It takes me longer to get to Fulham. It actually probably takes me as long to get to your house, Dave, from here as it would to get to my dad's house. <laughs> But it's like you don't just have the reference of where you grew up, you now have the reference of being someone new in a new place. Yeah. And, and that's what's great about having, you know, these small group trips in places where you, you're all connected with the fact that you all don't know what's going mm. on and you're all foreigners and you all are trying to experience this place together. Um, and that's why it can be really useful to have someone that knows what they're doing in terms of place and, and, and you know, things to do and all of this. So you can just have a better experience because... Yeah, it's nice to go off the beaten track and go to a place and just kind of wing it. But at the same time, it's nice to have a little bit of a push to be like, well, you know, you could do that or you can go to these places that you know are nice uh, and you know you'll have fun. And yeah, and like you said, it's the, so we mentioned in there that it's like the rising trend in solo travelling. Um, and I, I don't know, is it is it rising, do you think? I think people are getting together later and therefore there's more of an opportunity yeah. for it. Yeah, I, think, I, think I completely so agree. Yeah. yeah, because people are realising that marriage isn't everything, but that's a completely different no, uh, I don't even think it's that. I think it's a case that people are just delaying big life decisions. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. And I don't think it's on, on purpose. I just think that it's it's just not the norm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, millennials are not adults until they're 30, as far as I'm concerned. I, well, no, as far why? as I'm concerned, yeah, they're not adults yeah, until yeah. But no, we, we are an immature generation. 
it's taking us long. Like when, when when our grandparents were 21 years old, they were getting married and doing all the rest of it, right? Yeah. I'd say that we're more mature because they were irresponsible yeah. in rushing into things. Yes, <laughs> fuck you, baby <laughs> boomers. And also, you know <laughs> why? You know why it's taking us longer to do things? Because we're also poor. Yeah, I've had to spend three years studying at uni, and I'm still a junior. Like people take forever to get into anything because they've taken about. 10 years just to get started on the career ladder so yeah. they don't have any time to think about a family yeah. just trying to get anyway moving on anyway let's let's face it what we'll I think on. is important to mention <laughs> I've, got, I've got one point as well the algorithm <laughs> algorithm I just wanted to say that whenever I've seen Stuart he's always quick to say to me Jack this is the tinder for travel that's a lie he fucking hates that saying uh, so everyone can see Stuart <laughs> out about say, are you the Tinder travel guy? And he will he will love it. Love it. I don't think he's gonna appreciate that. No, he definitely will not. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. that's really cheesy. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> but um anyway, so in this we've decided the baby boomers are the reason for the world being rubbish. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're that's probably it. to blame for February feeling like spring. And <laughs> on that note we should go to the advert break. Not even moaning that much about the weather at the moment. <laughs> Farewell, but not goodbye. Do you know what that is? Bobby Robson's autobiography. All the better, read by Bobby Robson. No way. Yeah. What a legend of the game he was. Exactly. It's a great book to read, but listening to Bobby Robson, talking you through his life, that's special. Exactly. My choice is uh, The Sisters Brothers, which is a film starring Jake Gyllenhaal and John C. Reilly that has been released worldwide apart from in the UK. So, I'm going to listen to the audiobook. If anyone's wondering why we've suddenly started talking about books, it's because if you head over to audible.co.uk forward slash tech talks, you can get a free month's trial there, courtesy of your favourite technology podcast. Get listening. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we've got two quick news stories for you. First of all, one from Jack. Yeah, quick one. MWC was happening this week. A fella called Billy Steele, uh, who writes for Engadget.com, drove an autonomous delivery truck from 1,200 miles away. Yeah. Uh, which is quite far. That is cool. That, uh, he was sat in Barcelona and this was on a uh, test site in Gothenburg, Sweden. And I've, and I've got another visual cue for you both. Um, basically, the fella is sitting amidst six monitors mm-hmm. in a gaming chair with a... Do you remember, did you ever used to play Forza? The old Forza steering wheel. Yeah. Uh, you could plug into your PlayStation. Um, and he's basically doing that and it, the future is here. Is there like a application for this in the future, say, where it would be... Shut, I, don't, I didn't read any further than that. Well, no, but... but... No, this, this is a personal... You know, dig into your own. Go on. There, there was there was another there was another psyche. application of very similar technology at MWC. Um, someone else was highlighting uh, that you could drive a sea rescue drone. Ah, I see there. Remotely, you know. a yeah. sea man drone. No, like a like a look a drone in the water. I don't know how to describe it. Like an autonomous lifeboat. <laughs> He's missed it. He missed it. He missed it. See if you hear it when you're editing it. See if you hear it when you're editing it. Is this something it. that I just overlooked when yeah. I listened back yeah. to the show? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Good. Well, I'll enjoy that one second time. <laughs> Moving on, because I th- I imagine it was rude. Yeah. Um, Momo. Yeah, I mean, the first I've heard of it was when you were going to eat Momo before we hit record. Yeah. So, yeah. Same. So I think that is the sign of what we want to get into, really. I mean, another visual cue, that's a fucking tragically horrible picture. It's horrid. What is that? Right, so 
There is, I'll, I'll just quickly explain. There is apparently, and apparently is a really important word here, a viral scare story going around where you have a face, a kind of weirdly grotesque woman's face with bulging eyes. It's like Scream meets a Snapchat film. Actually, no, it's, it's much closer to something that you might imagine in a Japanese horror film like Ring. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it kind of for, follows the same trope. Well, so if you think back to the original Ring fil- uh, films, um, if you watched the video, she you would die in seven days unless you passed it on and made someone else watch it. Now, apparently, again, apparently, the thing behind Momo is if you get a message on WhatsApp from one of these accounts with this bulging face, you are encouraged to commit suicide or self-harm. There is no evidence to actually suggest that that is what's happening but the interesting point about this is that media and parents in particular on facebook and let's face it we all know that kids aren't on facebook parents on facebook give up the ghost have made this a problem because they have driven it and caused more awareness for the trend which might actually expose kids who weren't initially exposed to momo to the idea of self-harm like slender man like that got whipped up into a frenzy and then two young girls killed someone, didn't they? It's, mm. it's, it's, it reminds me of that mm. Slender Man was legit proper scary. Uh, this is just such an example of, of parents news. or older people having no clue what kids do on social media and what kids are uh, engaged with. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, happens in every generation, of course, you don't, but it's just... It's just exaggerated when when you can post about it as an adult, but it's just like to think also to think that kids are that out of like right. Kids have been brought up now these days with more technology than even I have. Mm. Like that, people have even the generation before they know what they're doing. Like they are not going to get a message from a random number with a random picture and be like, oh right, yeah, that means I need to go jump off this building. Firstly, that is just so so damn offensive to people struggling with mental health difficulties because yeah. I mean what uh, secondly yeah like what do they think these kids do they think these kids have no idea yeah, and about th- technology and this is the point so so Vicky Turkington uh, who you know because I think you work yes. with you not uh, Vicky Turk on Twitter said the Momo challenge and this is why I picked it up rather Momo challenge is just the latest example of how despite all the hand wringing about the youth and social media, older generations are the worst for sharing stupid viral yeah. crap. Yeah. And interestingly, um, I was watching Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 11.9, which is the latest one about the Trump election, etc., etc., and the state of US politics. Um, there's a scene post um, the shootings in Florida in that where they're talking about social media and, the, and kids. Was this the, the gay club in Florida? No, it's the school shooting. Oh, the school oh, shooting. Was it, well, maybe it was, it was Florida, wasn't it? I mean... Anyway, how, how tragic is that that we're talking about more than one shooting in a yeah, state? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, he kind of goes on about, you know, well, what, who's educating you here? Yeah. And the kids turn around and go, social media is educating us. They are savvy. They do know what they're looking at. Exactly. They are digital natives. That's mm-hmm. why we have to flip and phrase digital natives, as wanky yeah. as it might be. Yeah. Kids are growing up, understanding how to use these mm-hmm. platforms. Then you get an older generation that doesn't understand it, that's scared, yeah. mm-hmm. and that is further scared by misreporting and the media and fake news yeah. for want of a better word just and talk it doesn't, to your yeah, kids just talk to them just say oh I've seen this very disturbing post shared by our mate 
Our mate Dolores or whatever. Dolores. <laughs> Brenda. Westworld, yeah. Dolores, yeah. Uh, you know, is this is this what you're going through? Is this actually happening? Do I need to be worried? And they'll be like, what are you talking about, Mom? I have no idea what that is. And you'll be like, all right then, and we'll move on. Exactly. Like, you don't need to just... You don't need to just add to the frenzy. It's been a big week, week for kids online. You've got pedos on YouTube. Oh, it's wow. everywhere in the news. It We're really not talking is. about Michael Jackson, then. We're not, that's coming out in on UK TV next week. And then you've also got TikTok illegally selling under 13-year-olds data. Like, children, be careful. But to be, as, as Sean eloquently said, they're smarter than we are with this kind of stuff now. They, they, they just are. Yeah. And, and yeah, it might be a bit wanky of a phrase, digital native, but... Digitally innate could be cool. Anyway, yeah. um, yeah, right. um, but, <laughs> but they're gonna—they're they're not idiots, kids. Kids are smarter than they've ever been at the moment. They really are. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we should be careful not to just be like, "Oh, it's fine. They understand." Oh, of course. Off. Like, yeah. Because yeah, no, I'm not encouraging things... to be on with pedos on YouTube. <laughs> no, there's I'm things not, they like... might not be aware of. For instance, yeah. like the dangers of. Um, you know, just like how how not not the dangers, but like how kind of growing up really on social media constantly can affect uh, the way you see yourself and you see others and the way you oh, interact. Yeah. You know, that's something that will only come with uh, perspective from them growing up, and they'll yeah. be like, "Wow, you know, like damn, I really spent a lot of time caring about my Instagram likes." Like, but that is going to happen, and there's nothing you can do as an adult to stop that because even the generation below me. Is like we, I kind of missed the Instagram boat in the sense where people my age use it, but you know, I have friends that have younger siblings and stuff, and they're like, they all have like 300 or 100 whatever likes on each photo because they all like each other's posts, it's all like a really big thing, and that will just happen with each generation. You you have your so I had my Facebook, and I remember like when I first got it when I was like 13 and I was like writing about needing a wee or like being bored, just random stuff, like back in the day. Um, So uh, yeah, it's true. You don't know what you're doing at the time at all. And you are, you are naive in that sense, but it's not going to be helped from older people pretending that they know more. What's going to be helped is just regulation from tech companies actually giving a shit about kids being in danger. I have to say though, Sean Sean raises an interesting point there that, uh, I can't wait for about 30 years time where we have the first presidential or prime ministerial uh, general election where it was a 13 year old who first went on Facebook and typed something like, I need a wee. Because guaranteed, <laughs> that would be in the press. Like everything that you've never said ever, yeah. you're gonna be this responsible 45, 50 year old. It'd be like, look what they wrote when they were 12. Yeah. <laughs> you say that there is a discussion, like that was the whole thing with Kevin Hart, the Oscars, like, to be fair, his tweet was disgusting and I'm glad he was called out for it, but yeah. his point was very valid and he said, you know, if some people were spending as much time, you know, trying to fight homophobia as they were yeah, trawling yeah, yeah, through yeah. my tweets, we might yeah. be getting somewhere. Fucking hell, if someone goes back in my old tweets, I can't, I, I, you'd kick me off this podcast, I reckon. Oh, I've said some awful things. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've said anything that's racist or, you know, I wouldn't have said not, it, no. nothing to stop me, nothing to stop yeah. me uh, hosting the Oscars. But stuff Maybe that would be not. very embarrassing, I'm sure. Em- yeah, embarrassing. Yeah. But I mean, like, being young didn't mean that I was, like, I, like, that's not an excuse for being homophobic. No, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, you might not be able to put this in, 
But up until about three, four years ago, me, my friends, everyone we knew still used gay as a term, as an insult. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. uh, not even thinking yeah. about a gay person, but just oh, gay as a, as, a, as a negative word. Definitely. When I was younger in primary school, like before yeah. we even knew what being that, homosexual yeah. was, we had yeah. the gay box exactly. in school, yeah. where it was a little metal box on the floor and if you stood on it you were gay yeah. and like everyone was so scared of standing on it but really no one knew what it meant if you stood yeah. on it because no one knew what gay meant yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Rosie's, you were just um, saying things Rosie's but got... it wasn't on social media so no. it wasn't recorded and that's the difference it's... So, so I think we've gone from kids that are smarter than they've ever been to kids saying really dumb things yeah yeah, it's, 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 it couldn't be truer yeah. yeah but now they're so under the spotlight and everything they do and say is so yeah like easy to access for everyone that that is what is making them more vulnerable and yeah like really scary for them but if we if we bring it back the problem is at least they've grown up with the technology yeah whereas now we're letting idiotic parents uh-huh. and older generations on these platforms and they've never grown up with it and they yeah. just look like right dicks yeah they don't really get it anyway on that note <laughs> yeah man <laughs> yeah, it just all went full circle yeah exactly <laughs> enjoy the rest of your week